Welcome to your favorite YouTube channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. We're a daily uh, YouTube channel. We talk a lot about comics. There are more than a thousand videos up there right now, and we may have talked about your favorite comics. So hit the little magnifying glass in on the Cartoonist Kayfabe uh, front page, search for your favorite comics, uh, and take a look. We might have uh, chatted up your favorite comics, but if we didn't, make sure you put something in the comments uh, ASAP so that we can... Uh, add to our reading list or move stuff to the top of our reading list. We have a Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon, uh, three different levels of support there. If you're at the top level, King Kayfaber, you have access to the live stream recording session uh, when we're uh, recording our week's worth of videos. You get all the videos before anybody else. That mitigates the Kayfabe effect, uh, which is what happens when, when we put a video out to Gen Pop. The comics that we talk about often go out of print very, very quickly or they disappear on the af aftermarket. Jimmy and I are going to be at Baltimore Comic-Con this year. We look forward to seeing you there. Without further ado, Jimmy, Moneyball. Comics' greatest uh, talent scout is Gary S. Carlson in the pages of Megaton. And Image recently put out this collection of Megaton archives that uh, is a collection that I've been wanting since I was a little kid buying Wizard Magazine. Or those the the Overstreet like encyclopedia book that showed uh, you know the bibliographies of my favorite creators and seeing that Eric Larson Rob Liefeld started out in the pages of Megaton already by that point the the comics were prohibitively expensive and there was no way I was ever going to spend that kind of money to see you know the first appearance of uh, the dragon or to see the early ads for Youngblood no way you know. Uh, up to this point on the channel, I think we've we've read three issues. Uh, we've done three videos of you know three different issues of Megaton, but finally the day has come. Image Comics has put out a uh, suitable trade paperback of a bunch of issues of Megaton. What took so long? It feels like this could have been published at any point from like 1992 on. Any point past Image's creation, totally. this could have been published and been relevant. Totally. Better late than never, I suppose. So when you talk about uh, the Talent Scout stuff, we know Eric Larson, we know Rob Liefeld, but check this out, man. Super early works from Butch Geis, Angel Medina. He'll take over Spawn at a certain point. Mike Gustavich, who was ubiquitous in the 80s scene, uh, took over Star Slayer after Mike Grell, I re remember. I don't know Frank Fosco. I believe he was the guy that was drawing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that Image published in black and white. I think that is one of his credits. It's definitely a name that I come across. And S. Clark uh, Hawmaker, who uh, goes on to be a continuity studios guy. Did Nomad, the ongoing series issue, like one and a half? Like, I don't know if that dude couldn't handle deadlines or what, but I loved him. I was a mark for like sure. the one and a half issues I got out of him. Very much in that uh, continuity style. And I think it's Hawmaker. Right. That may be a... One of us is wrong here. Me or the cover of this. Right. It felt wrong saying it that way, to be honest. Uh, and it just, it's stacked. Check this out, man. There's Ken Landgraf does the, yes. the, the Berserker story. Ken Landgraf, as a Berserker artist, is a match made in heaven. <laughs> totally. Berserker did. was such a cool character and had his own book, too. And I picked those up, you know, over the years in dollar bins. Uh, but man, Landgraf is the perfect artist for Berserker. I would get some of these. Like, I got this megaton at a flea market. Um, but you know getting these things just for, for these ads you know like this would be the first appearance we talked to rob and uh he actually got todd klein to do that 
that logo for him in 1986. Yeah, amazing. This might have been one of the issues that, that we looked at also Definitely. with, with, the, with mm -hmm. the early uh, Rob Liefeld. And what was cool was we interviewed Rob, and he mentioned that on Gary Carlson's site, like he still had copies of this for cover price. We did the interview, and before we put the interview live, I ordered a couple uh, copies. That's how I was able to get it, because these are comics that, that are uh, uh, ramped up in price on uh the aftermarket but just like everybody right like we all have inventory of our own stuff gary carlson has some inventory a couple boxes of his stuff left and his stuff is very much it's superhero comics right you know like i would compare it to something like an americomics sure one of these companies that starts publishing in the early 80s and a lot of this talent crossed over in both larson worked for both of these companies uh but it was kind of legit the way you would work up you know through those indies to get to the marvel dcs gene day is in here amazing 1983 is when we begin and it looks great to start you know it looks it looks good yeah a lot of these guys would go on to figure out where their styles fit into the house styles of marvel and dc so when you look at this stuff you know the fundamentals are there here's your gene day pages and it just looks freaking exquisite unbelievable just <laughs> absolutely unbelievable carlson got the eye you know like he got some good people i wonder he must have he maybe must have paid I assume he did, yeah. You know, and he must have treated everybody okay. Because, you know, here he is working with Larson for decades after early, uh, you know, early publication. Yeah, one of those great things, man, of kind of paying it forward. Here's your Langraf art. Unmistakable Langraf, huh, Jimmy? Of 100%. 100%. Always love the Berserker logo. Like, that's a font <laughs> now. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, you know, there's always something about Langraf, man. And uh, this motherfucker can't draw within, like, the proper dimensions and shit. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like he's the only one with a margin, but it, but this does look like magazine. I was gonna say definitely magazine. So may, size. maybe maybe it was first uh, headed headed for that. I but... think he draws fast too, so no time for those little details. <laughs> so much black on the page with him. Yeah, he feels like he came out of that Neil Adams school of like whatever the art is, or Wally Wood too. Uh, I'll give you the Ken Langriff effect, and it's that ink everywhere. Here's that uh, Eric Larson uh, juvenilia. Yeah, and Larson does a fair amount of work. In every issue, pretty much. Here's your Frank Fosco. Looks like standard fanzine stuff. Definitely the, like, the, the lightest weight dude of, of them all. You see a transition, like when we start covering the Comics Journal in the 70s, the fanzines are sort of working their way out. Right. But it was a place where like that next tier of artists would, would come up, and then once the direct market shows up in the late 70s early 80s now you have the publishers that are able to do it and they take over a lot of that fanzine uh heavy lifting you know in terms of where these young artists might be published excellent back matter to kind of explain the genesis of these characters and stuff this says story and art by uh, gary carlson so you're getting to see his hand there yeah and it feels like that 80s self-published kind of uh style yeah he could have power comic he could have gotten uh, a lot of work with chris silver <laughs> but that's probably it man probably a smart decision to kind of like lean on the writing the graphics are pretty strong like when you see these covers i think that's a striking cover yeah like look at that man that looks complicated to reproduce yeah yeah you wonder how that's even generated don simpson dandy don showing up in the pages dude in one issue eric eric larson got got such a better hand at inking yeah it does not take him long to start to see um eric larsonisms show up in the work yeah shit right there those big hands kirby style and is that mighty man making an appearance there looks like it huh yep vanguard you see a bunch of these characters and of course like uh, come issue three 
There it is, dude. This video is brought to you by the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. Three different levels will give you access to our videos early, and at the King Kayfaber level, you'll get access to all of our videos first to offset the Kayfabe effect, and you sit in on the recording session, which really gives you a leg up. We are also working cartoonists. The best way to support Cartoonist Kayfabe is to buy our comics, and coming out in time for Christmas, Hip Hop Family Tree from Ed Piscor. 500 plus pages collecting all of the Hip Hop Family Tree in one handsome volume, along with 140 pages of extra back material, notes, art that hasn't been reprinted before, new art created just for this volume. Red Room, Crypto Killers, is the latest series in the Red Room uh, universe. There are two volumes in trade paperback, and this third volume is being published right now. Issue three recently published, features Latchkey Kids, now known as Switchblade Shorties, which is Ed's ongoing daily comic strip. This is the first appearance, so you may want to add this one to your collection as a, uh, a key back issue. X-Men Grand Design is going to be collecting all three volumes into one edition, also in time for the holidays this year, uh, the X-Men Grand Design Trilogy. You can pre-order that one now. My latest comics... True Crime Funnies, self-published, featuring three non-fiction stories, including two wrestling stories, available on my website or my Patreon. Young adult graphic novel, The Plain Janes. Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, featuring the homeless ninja on a skateboard, collecting eight complete stories. This is my action superhero series. And a new volume of Street Angel will be due out later this year in November, also from Image Comics. Get Princess of Poverty and Deadliest Girl Alive to have all of the Street Angel comics and Hulk Grand Design. My contribution to the Grand Design Mythos celebrating 60 years of the Incredible Hulk. And now back to the video. Huge. First appearance. Massive. And this is your S. Clark Hawbaker. And uh, it was a B in the credits on this issue. Yeah. And you can see it's a heavily photo reference style, which spoke to me in about, I don't know, 13, 14, however old I was when Nomad's coming out. Sure. I think we got our cover image. I oh, know, it's just a version. Yeah, it must be him on the cover, though. Yeah, there's the big, S. Big old S. Yeah, that's strong stuff. Like, I still look at this and enjoy it. Yeah, Our superhero imagery. Really great use of the black and whites, too. We looked at early Mike Diodato Jr., and he had some of that quality of just a good grasp of how to do black and white art. Totally, man. And, I mean, this is a high-contrast photo. But then he's doing that stuff that Neil Adams did with Mike Hinge in the in the pages of uh, heavy metal, like this kind of style, the psychedelia. Mm-hmm. Strong stuff, again, for an 80s black and white comic. Very possible that this could have been portfolio pieces that, that he showed Neil Adams. Look at that, dude. That's a striking piece of graphic design. Almost manga-esque in the reference to that gun. It does look like it gets away from him a little bit there. There's something happening there that I just don't know. A little unreadable. I'm always... I'm a... Mark II for having mechanical lettering put in. Yeah, Especially that... at that time when that's probably like Letraset rub on oh, letters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's playing with some materials. And with page layout. This is still coming out of that time period whenever the grid was uh, the enemy. Totally. And and uh, it gets away from this dude a lot in terms of the storytelling. You know, like he needs a Neil Adams to kind of send him down and be like, listen, kid, you know, I could do that stuff with the panels. And even Neil Adams can't if you look at some of those X-Men <laughs> pages. But uh, a lot of floating heads. Very designy. He guy's fucking around. You know, he's, he's, he's adventurous as a creator. Who do we have here? Story and art. Ken Meyer Jr. I feel like he made a, a pass through the Marvel DC. Like maybe a Marvel fanfare. It doesn't quite ring a bell. Maybe a Marvel Comics Presents. Sure. <laughs> I 
I love that they include stuff like the letters columns and things too. That's always a nice thing. And, uh, you know, people that are packaging this stuff take note. Like all that ephemera has value. Absolutely. I still want a collection of the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles editorials. Oh my. That's a classic one. This thing gets reprinted so much. There, I think there was a Berserker comic uh, collection. Like a collection, but it was just like an issue length uh, in like the 90s. It has this, has some of the Rob drawings and stuff. Did I say Angel Medina, I think, also did a little bit of the Berserker art? Right. It's like a six-issue series, and um, it's hard to pass it up for a buck when you see it, and it looks like this. It's just so... It seems like it should be the perfect over-the-top 80s kind totally. of thing. Shouts to David Browers, man, who sent us a copy of uh, Megaton 3, which we, we did a video on. First big appearance of, uh, of uh, Dragon. Oh, that's neat. They have a color insert. Maybe it's the back cover. There's your uh, your wizard redo edition. I think right. we got one of those two floated through. Yeah, man. So you could check out the video where we did uh, this episode of Vanguard versus the Dragon. These kind of portfolios were such a big thing in the early 80s, early direct market. Totally. And I look at most of them now, and it's just... I think like who's buying that yeah and it might be just because product has so filled the shelves at this point that there's no room for this but maybe back then there was very little coming out and somebody was scooping it up or else they wouldn't have kept doing it totally and i think it was just a great money maker for for the cartoonist you know to have like a ten dollar thing that's like five drawings rather than a page of comics yeah or a good money maker for the uh, publisher i feel like tim vigil told us stories about chris silver's portfolio sells yeah Yeah, I like, I like the uh, the color inserts are a nice choice. Surprised they could do that and keep the prices where it is. Like I said, I think these are just the back covers of, of the, those issues. But it's nice they reprint them in color. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know. You know how it goes these days. Here's your distributors at the time. Heroes World. You'll see, friend, you'll see uh, names you recognize. Uh, Bud Plant, Capital City, Diamond. Man, I, I kind of I want interviews like of everybody. Like, tell us how tell us how this business went. What the territories were, right? Because that was a thing. Like, a lot of the distributors were regional, almost like you'd think wrestling or something, because they would get like the drop shipment would come to them, and then it was like your stock in the West Coast, or right? Wherever you were located at. I don't think I realized how much Dragon was in this. Yeah, once he's introduced, he's, he's, he's in there, man. And Duo oh. Shade, it looks like, on the, on Dragon. For sure, dude. Do you think that this is like when uh, Turtles comes out? This is, I mean, there are panels like that in Savage Dragon 1. Unmistakable. You know, he gets more confident with the inks and stuff, and maybe maybe this is maybe even somebody else inking, but uh, those eyes are Larson eyes. Mm -hmm. Wow, look at this, a burlap sack or something for, <laughs> for background? No idea. <laughs> There's a few there's a few textures on here that feel like they were trying some stuff that maybe wasn't uh, camera ready. <laughs> right. Such a great collection. Uh, once again, man, this is a collection that that I was chomping at the bit for 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 20 years, and I'm just so thankful that this thing exists. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this stuff. Whenever this is like your 80s version, the 90s, of course, the Big Bang stuff. It went through Caliber and Image. Uh, a lot of the same characters, the Megatons, and, and a lot of these characters that Gary Carlson owns would continue on into that universe. 
um, even had crossovers with 1963. Right. Which is really interesting because I think of like all the superhero universes that come out, and especially in the early 90s, everybody tried them. And Dark Horse and Malibu and all this stuff, they lasted for a season or something. Right. And like this has gone through several publishers still being reprinted today, and it's kind of like the little engine that could. This is fun because this has that, uh, this has that like American manga type artwork. Oh, Gary Thomas Washington. I, I, I have comics that, man, it might have been called Amera Comics, but it wasn't Amera, it wasn't AC Comics. Ah, I forget that logo. This stuff's but... neat because you see the little bits of not just uh, manga, but also like art atoms, you know, like in forearm shapes and maybe a couple of the dashed lines and things. Yeah. Yeah, that art looks so familiar to me. I bet I've seen something with some of this you art. De you definitely have. Yeah, I have some comics. I always, always like this dude's comics. It's so funny to see these ads because like, I've been going through a lot of 80s material and a lot of these ads are in that stuff. Right. That Wild Man, flip, flip back one. This Wild Man is another place where I believe there's some young blood, like an ad or something in this first issue of Wild Man. And uh, I always love that cover. I think it might be grass green on that cover, but... Yeah, this is the issue we looked at. Man, that's ambitious. Angel Medina show, showing off right there. Three-point perspective. Crowds of people. He's good. I think he did uh, one of the, like, Infinity stories in the 90s that, that Jim Starlin wrote. Book, that would make sense. Book. He did a little bit of Hulk. He was on Hulk for uh, in the 90s for, I don't know, a small run get the white zipatone love it it is fun too seeing like what people do to to get the most out of black and white for sure and you had a lot at your disposal that you could fool around with to try to make that stuff happen so much of that skill is not one that is seen much now there you go how about that yeah dude can, can, can you name can you name some names jimmy What's are we naming character sentinel right um Sci-Fire? Photon. Photon. Rip, Riptide? Yes, sir. B. Brahma? Yes, sir. Uh, Cougar? Sci-Fire? Sure. We'll, we'll keep trying this. I do not remember her. Well, she becomes part of the MLF in Marvel, and she's, mm. temp she's called Tempo. Interesting. In, like, uh, the, new, the New Mutants comics. Cover, uh, so it's inked by, by Ordway. That's that's interesting too, because like, how old is Ordway? I always think of him as this older dude, but if they're coming up together, he's probably within five years of Liefeld's age, I'd imagine. Right. And this is the Rob Liefeld section, man. Lettered by Grass Green, who is ubiquitous on the black and white ground level comics scene. Like I say, I think he might have drawn that cover of Wild Man. Yeah. Yeah, that might even be just his character. And uh, here's the Rob stuff. We did a video on this. And you can definitely see a lot of Rob in these pages, too. I always like that whenever uh, somebody is very stylized, has that style going from the get-go. When you see uh, pages like this, printed like this, like you realize the importance of, of spotting blacks and how necessary that was, because this is kind of just so gray. It is. It also makes me think of the computer color that Image kind of pioneers. Uh, you can see how this art would benefit from that. Rorschach would not like this panel right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that would set him off. Man, and this is kind of nice. I like that extra material. Really good back matter to describe where everybody comes from. We're getting deep. Wow. That's awesome. 
I actually have this issue. Yeah. Super early Dan Reed. Character designs. Great package. Fantastic comic. And if you are uh, of the wizard generation and you lusted after, you know, all those very expensive Megaton comics that uh, you could never get your hands on. Well, you could get them all now in this Megaton Archives Volume 1 collection. I wonder what the heck will be in Volume 2. Got to get into the Big Bang stuff, I would guess. Because I think this collects all the Megaton issues. Right. So that would be, I think, the next evolution of what Carlson's doing. Like uh, Night Watchmen. Right. You know, like some of those characters would spin off and stuff. And really feel like they grow out of the 1963 image idea. Because there's a lot of Silver Age reference in those comics. So, interesting guy in terms of like doing fan superheroes right at a time whenever almost nobody did superheroes and for longer than a couple of you know a year or two it seemed like was about as long as you could string out a superhero publisher right and gary carlson figures out how to do it over decades great book highly recommended uh you saw it for yourself man so scoop it up if you're interested k favors like follow subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available we are a daily youtube channel so give uh give the front page a search and uh, see if we talked about your favorite comics we've got more than a thousand videos live as we speak and uh, we might have talked about your favorites if not put something in the comments the Patreon is there for the King Kayfabers to mitigate that Kayfabe effect. So if you uh, if you uh, support the channel at that level, you'll be able to get all the videos before anybody else. You'll have access to the live stream recording session where we're putting all these videos together. Ultimately, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make. So, Jimmy, can you let the people know what you got? My next release will be out in November. It's Street Angel Princess of Poverty from Image Comics. This will collect all of the Street Angel comics that are not in Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive. Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive is back in print. It was unavailable for a while, but now you can get it wherever books and comics are sold from Image Comics. Uh, Plain Janes, the first young adult graphic novel. Hulk Grand Design, one of the uh, wildest books I've ever worked on. You can kind of see it there as the treasury with fluorescent green on the cover. Um, Marvel really produced this as well as I could have hoped. So one of my favorite design objects, and I believe it's out of print. So if you guys haven't picked it up yet, scoop up those copies while they still remain because no guarantees it'll be back in print anytime uh, soon. And my latest comic, True Crime Funny, self-published three nonfiction stories. You can get the PDF on my website or on patreon.com slash jimrug and reprints are on the way for anybody that missed out on that first printing. I expect to have new ones by Baltimore. Hip-Hop Family Tree Omnibus coming to you in October. 500 plus pages of content. As you can see, Giant Spine collecting the four volumes of Hip-Hop Family Tree that are out there today. Uh, it's the 10th anniversary of Hip-Hop Family Tree, so we had to do this up in, in hardcore fashion. 140 pages of additionals that were not in those first four volumes. Coming out in October, plenty of time to get a copy for the hip-hop lover in your life for the holidays. Another holiday selection uh, that will be coming out in November is the X-Men Grand Design Trade Paperback, collecting all three volumes of my X-Men Grand Design comics inside of one uh, handy-dandy trade paperback edition. Get that for Christmas for the X-Men lover in your life. And Red Room is my latest comics project. Uh, there are two trade paperbacks of Red Room out there today, uh, but we're serializing the third round of Red Room comics. It's called Crypto Killers, and in this third issue... If you go to the handy dandy centerfold, you'll see the strip called Latchkey Kids, which is a proto version of the daily strip that I'm working on 
called Switchblade Shorties that I'm serializing exclusively on my Patreon right now. But I'm going to put that out to the wider world uh, probably starting January 1st of 2024. Jimmy, let the people know a couple other ways they can support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. They can subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also buy Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, mugs, hats, fanny packs, stickers, and lots more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video. All great ways to support the channel, given those marching orders, and we'll be on our way. Read more comics.